0: what is up guys welcome back welcome to another episode of brian carter 99 a 49ers podcast welcome back we're here to preview the cardinals game and i just want to start things off by saying george kittle's back he is excited to hit some people and play some football with his friends so let's get right into it um I'm excited about this game. I'm excited because we ended that losing streak and I'm actually feeling better about this Cardinals game than I than I did about the Chicago game. Couple reasons. Number 1, we played them very hard the first time. It was a very close game, a game that I think we could have won. Trey was it was his first game as a rookie. Our defense matched up very well. We held them to 17 points, a season low for them at that point. And still, also, we are bringing in some reinforcements. Some people are coming back. They're going to be healthy. And we figured out some things on offense against the Bears last week. So I think we can impose our will in that way. But also the Cardinals are dealing with a couple injuries themselves. So, uh, let's just jump straight straight in with the injuries. Uh, What we can expect as far as personnel goes, because I think that's going to have a big impact on this game. Because this is going to be very different from last game that we played against the Cardinals. Same teams, but very different personnel. So last game we had Trey Lance starting his very first start. This week it's going to be Rook, uh, Jimmy. We didn't have George Kittle last time. George Kittle's been activated and he is expected to start. We, I don't think we had a kicker. So now we have a kicker. Robbie Gould is expected to be back. So some positive things. Uh, But let's just get into it. So Arizona injuries. Now, the biggest injuries with Arizona, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are both game time decisions. They are questionable. So that's all we know. I'm recording this Friday night. As of right now, they're both game time decisions, which means we may or may not see Kyler Murray. We may or may not see DeAndre Hopkins. A.J. Green, uh, essentially their number two wide receiver, he is in the COVID protocol, which means he may or may not be able to play. Uh, He hasn't cleared it yet, uh, at least uh, last I checked. I haven't checked Twitter in the last couple hours, uh, but last I checked, A.J. Green is uh, not expected, or is still in the COVID protocol. So right there, you've got you know, their quarterback, their number one, and their number two receivers out for the game. So that is going to be a very big impact. So that's the biggest injuries. Obviously, they're also missing J.J. Watt. Mentioned previously, he uh, hurt himself pretty badly, had season-ending surgery. So we're not going against J.J. Watt. He was wrecking the right side of our offensive line last game, and depending on whether or not we see Kyler Murray in his top two receivers, that could make a very big difference on what we see on game day. Now, if we do see Kyler Murray, he is coming off of an ankle sprain or some type of ankle injury that he received in the green Bay game. If it's an ankle even if he is back he will likely be limited in terms of his mobility his mobility is one of his biggest assets and if his if his uh, if his mobility is hampered i think that will also make a big difference in the game because he's not all that great throwing from the pocket i think i mentioned this last time as someone who is short i'm 58 it's very difficult to see over a six foot three person in front of me. That's why so many quarterbacks are like six three, six foot four. It's a lot easier to see over somebody who's your same height versus seeing over somebody who's six inches taller than you. Kyler Murray is 5'10, kinda something like that. 5'9, five, 5'10. Five, so he's not that good from the pocket. And if he can't scramble around and escape the pocket, it's going to make it a lot more difficult for him to see which receivers are open. And if he's missing his two best receivers, then that'll affect his confidence and his ability to throw the ball and uh, trust those matchups. So overall, I do think that that gives us a, you know, it gives us a competitive edge. If we don't have to go against their best quarterback, you know, he's playing like a top five quarterback this season. We don't have to go against him as well as one of the best receivers in the league. And then also their number two receiver, big, big, big injuries on their side. We are also getting some reinforcements. So I mentioned Kittle, George Kittle is back. He has missed three games. He's had four weeks to recover from his ankle, calf, knee, whatever the heck was bothering him. And that's a good thing. Cause we all know how awesome Kittle is. I've got his Jersey, I can't wait to see him out there. He's pumped up. The energy that he brings to this team is awesome. And I still remember watching those highlights of George Kittle stiff arming the Arizona Cardinals defensive backs to the ground, throwing them around, pancaking them. It's good stuff. George Kittle loves playing against the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> uh, we're also getting back linebacker Aziz Al Alshair, so that's a good thing. Aziz was out last week. And unfortunately that meant that we had to see more of Marcel Harris. Uh, This will kick Marcel Harris down to the third linebacker position, Um, which again, I've said before, I really don't like seeing Marcel Harris in. I think he's a liability, but you you can't have everybody on your team. Good. And ultimately he should be our number four linebacker. So ideally he never sees the field, but we've had a couple injuries. Either way, Aziz, he'll be back, so that is good. Uh, Robbie Gold, our kicker, he is back off of injured reserve. That means we will no longer be kicking it for outside of 50 yards because he cannot kick the long kicks, but we should be, hopefully, making all the short kicks. However, we have also seen before that whenever Robbie Gold is, I don't know, coming off of an injury or something that... He tends to maybe struggle for a game or two. So yeah, we will see. Um, I will say that Shanahan is probably going to be a lot more confident attempting field goals, especially ones that are inside of 45 or 50 yards. So yeah, we will see. We will see. Either way, it's good to have her kicker back. So long, Joey Sly. It was fun having you. You jacked up kicker. Also in terms of reinforcements, we are getting our new defensive lineman. So, Charles Omenihue, welcome to the team again. I'm excited to see him out there. He's a versatile defensive lineman. Talked about it briefly last time. You know, he's 6'5, 280 pounds. He's uh, long, he's explosive, he's powerful. He's probably just going to be a rotational depth piece, but you know what? You picked him up for just a sixth rounder two years from now, and you've got him for the next year and a half, it's going to help provide some edge rotation. And he does have the. I wouldn't say he has the speed, but he has the burst, the explosion, and the length uh, to cause havoc along that defensive line. So I think that he will be an asset in terms of Rushing the passer, he will be wearing number 59. So keep an eye out for number 59 out there. Uh, that now because we are without a couple other defensive linemen, which uh, in terms of who's out, Maurice Hurst is out. So that's a bummer. Our defensive tackle, obviously Javon Kinlaw, we mentioned he's our he is out for the season. Without those two defensive tackles, it's good to bring in a Manehu to help with the defensive line. This also likely means that we're going to be kicking Eric Armstead to the inside. So he's probably going to be playing a lot more defensive tackle versus defensive end and uh, probably lining up one-on-one versus guards or potentially playing some nose tackle. So it's good to have some reinforcements in terms of who is questionable. Unfortunately, Debo and Elijah Mitchell are both questionable so that's pretty that's a pretty big concern because Debo has been our offense up to this point he uh just had a calf thing his calf was hurting after the game and it flared up a bit and apparently it's been getting better but he is questionable so hopefully Debo is able to play because he is our biggest contributor on offense and And Elijah Mitchell, he's been dealing with some rib injury. Uh, I probably just took some really hard hits and you know, it is what it is. You're going to take some big hits. He runs hard. He put up 137 yards against the bears and it looks like he took a beating doing it. So hopefully he's okay. And he is able to play our, uh, our running backs are starting to look a little bit thin, especially if he is not playing. That would leave us with Jamichael Hasty and Trey Sermon, the other rookie running back, our third round pick. I am really hoping that if Elijah Mitchell can't play, now Elijah Mitchell did practice, but he was wearing a blue no-contact jersey. So my guess is they are uh, hoping and expecting him to play, but it's a pain tolerance thing. So my guess is he'll suit up, he'll play, but I don't know how many how many uh, snaps he's going to get, how many carries he's going to get. Uh, I just hope that Trey Sermon has stepped his game up a little bit. And uh, if we do need to bring in Trey Sermon, that he is good to go. And I mean, the thing with Trey Sermon is that you see the talent, you see the ability. He just quite hasn't adjusted yet. Uh, or at least he hadn't earlier on. Shanahan didn't seem to trust him. I don't know what it was, if it was just hesitation. He wasn't hitting the hole hard enough or fast enough uh, or being decisive enough. I think that it was just he wasn't being decisive enough and hitting the holes uh, that they were making him with uh, you know, the the decisiveness that he needs to do. Because so much of this offensive scheme, especially the outside zone, uh, the inside zone that he played when he was at Ohio, so many of his impressive plays were getting in, co- in in tight spaces and then like weaving his way through and shrugging off arm tackles in the process. Whereas the outside zone, which is what we rely on primarily, he's primarily an inside zone runner. And when we primarily run the outside zone, You've got to be willing to just see a hole and just hit it straight. Just, you know, get vertical the instant that you see that crease open up. And I think that he's been needing to work on his decisiveness. So hopefully Trey Sermon, if he is, if they do require it of him, he is up for it. The other person who is questionable is D Ford. D Ford, his back was bugging him a little bit after the game. This is kind of just what we get with D Ford. He's going to kind of be in, he's going to be out. If we get five or 10 quality pass rushing snaps from D Ford a game, I will be happy. So, you know, we'll see. My guess is that he, uh, my guess is that he plays and they just limit him to maybe five or 10 or 15 pass rushing snaps. The other person who is out, unfortunately, is Jimmy Ward, which means both of our safeties are out. So we will not have Jimmy Ward, our free safety, or Joukowsky Tart, our strong safety, which means we've got rookie Talanoa Funga starting, as well as uh, Tavon Wilson, the veteran backup. He will also be starting, so those will be our two safeties. Now, some other kind of positive news in terms of just upcoming. Uh Jeff Wilson Jr., they opened the practice window for him. So he was back at practice this week. Uh, our running back, he very explosive, just high-energy runner. He's been really fun to watch for these last couple seasons with the 49ers. Uh, I think he's I think he averages like six yards a carry since he's been here. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He comes in, he has a big game, then he, you know, gets backed up in the uh, depth chart or whatever. But coming off of his knee injury that he had in March or April or whenever, uh, they opened his practice window. I would guess he's back in probably about two weeks, you know, just coming off of a knee surgery. You got to get back in football shape, Uh, but they did open his practice window. So that is good news. We should have him back soon. And Dre Greenlaw, our other linebacker, uh, he should be back in probably one or two weeks. Doesn't look like he's going to be back this week, so probably one or two weeks. So, let's talk about this game. Um, I've got just a few notes on a lot of different things. Everything from matchups to strategy, general discussion. So, Arizona just lost their first game against the Packers. So I had to go back and uh, just watch the Packers-Arizona game and see basically what happened. So I think what Green Bay primarily did is Green Bay basically took what we did to Arizona and they tried to mimic it. And on in terms of their defense and in terms of their offense, they run a very similar scheme as us, except they just executed it better than we normally do. Now, the offensive scheme that we were running last time against Arizona is not our normal offensive scheme because it was the rookie's first start, Trey Lance, and they were deciding that they were going to use Trey as the run game versus the normal kind of wide zone play-action pass and short-passing game that we normally run through Jimmy. Uh, So I think that if we follow what Green Bay did that is likely the best chance for us to win this game. So Arizona is still a very good team. Uh, They have a top five offense. They have a top 10 defense. And one of the things that stood out to me when I rewatched that game was just the goal line defense. Arizona's red zone defense was extremely good. Uh, Our red zone, our red zone offense has been very good in terms of, when we get into the red zone, more often than not, we're getting a touchdown. I believe we lead the NFL in converting red zone trips into touchdowns, but at the same time, we're also bottom 10 in the NFL in terms of trips into the red zone. So basically, it's, it's difficult for us to get down there, but once we get down there, we're really good. Uh, but Arizona does seem to have a very good red zone defense. Um, we need to lean on the run game. Green Bay ran for 150 yards on the Arizona Cardinals. When we went against the Arizona Cardinals, if I remember correctly, we had over a hundred or 120 rushing yards. I think Trey had like 80 rushing yards, 90 rushing yards. And then our running backs also had another, 40 or 50 running rushing yards. So you can run on this defense. The other thing is that again, they don't have JJ Watt anymore. JJ Watt was wrecking the right side of our offensive line last time that we played without him there. That is a very big difference in terms of what we're going to be facing. Another thing that I was kind of thinking of when I was looking at this game was, with how good our defense played versus Arizona, it seems like if we can at least have a similar game, I don't, I don't expect us to hold them to 17 points. Maybe we do. If we do, that would be great. Uh, but you know, holding them to 20, 21, 24 points, something like that. I think that's realistic. And if it does come down to that, and if our defense is playing that well, I'm wondering if it might make sense to take the field goals in this game. In other words, if they're going to if our defense is going to play really well, maybe we don't need to go for it every fourth down like we did last time. Because last time we didn't attempt very many kicks. It was basically like, no, we're not going to kick a single field goal. We don't even want to kick a point extra. We just want to convert fourth downs. So I do wonder if that's going to be a little bit different this game. I almost feel like it makes sense to take the field goals. Especially if they're going to have a backup quarterback in. And they're going to be missing two of their top receivers. So... Just kind of a random thought that I had thinking of was I almo- I'm i pretty much always like, hey, go for it on fourth and short, especially if you're in the red zone. Worst case scenario, you don't convert. Now they've got to go 80 or 90 yards the other way. And if your defense is playing well, chances are they're not going to make it 80 or 90 yards going the other direction. So you may as well go for it on fourth or short inside the uh, inside the 30. Uh, But if our defense is playing well, I almost feel like it makes sense to take the points. Like, you know, if we score three field goals this game versus, you know, going for it on fourth down and not getting for it, that is nine points. You get nine points, a touchdown or two. Next thing you know, you've got, you know, 23, 25 points or whatever. I can't do math right now, but I think you get the point. I almost feel like it might make sense to go for the field goal in some more often in this game than I would usually expect. Uh, And then the other big thing that I'm wondering, and this is a very big game. And this is a very big game for this season for the franchise. And it's also a very big game for James Richard Garoppolo, Jimmy wheels as, uh, (laughs) as they call him. So, Jimmy Wheels had two rushing touchdowns last week. (laughs) No, but seriously, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, James Richard Garoppolo himself, the Italian Stallion, the gunslinger, who can't see linebackers sometimes, he had a very good game against the Bears. Now, that very good game against the Bears, I said last time, probably the best game that he's played in the last two seasons. And... You know, you rewatch that game and the first half he wasn't perfect, but he was still pretty good and he was moving the ball and there were some drops that could have been, you know, converted. Um, but Jimmy had a good game. But how often are we going to get that Jimmy Garoppolo? This game is crucial because if we win this game, we are then 4 and 4. We're going up against a Rams game which I'll be honest, I don't think that we can beat the Rams right now. They are very good, and I haven't seen enough from our 49ers to have confidence picking them against a Rams team. But after the Rams, we've got the Vikings and the Jaguars. Those should also be wins. If we win three of our next four games, that definitely puts us, I believe, in the driver's seat in terms of We are, we have the momentum and we are on track for the playoffs. And obviously we're not going to be winning the division unless, you know, every single person on the Cardinals and the Rams gets hurt. And we ended up going on like an eight game win streak all of a sudden. Um, But it, but if we're able to win this game, I, I don't expect us to be the Rams. I just, I don't. But then if we win the next couple of games, We will have won four of five. We'll have turned our momentum around. The team will obviously be playing well at that point. We'll have a winning record and we'll be in the driver's seat for the playoffs. If we lose this game, we will then be three and five. And then we have to go against the Rams, which I don't expect us to win, which puts us at three and six. At that point, your season is basically over. Um, you know, obviously you can try and win your next couple of games, but even then you're, you know, 10, 10 weeks, 12 weeks into the season, and you have a losing record, it's very unlikely that you're gonna make the playoffs. And at that point, you just start Trey because let's let's be honest. Like, what's the point at that point? If you can't beat, if you can't have a winning record by that point in the season, What are you doing and what chances do you have versus other teams that are also struggling? You have a losing record, even if we manage to win a a couple later on in the season. So this game is very crucial. Now, Jimmy has surprisingly played some of his best games against the Arizona Cardinals. And again, with all the injuries on the Cardinals, with the people that we are getting back, This is a game that I really believe we have a chance to win. I think we can win this game. I'm not sure if we should win this game. I kind of feel like we should. It's going to be a very difficult game, but I mean, if they don't have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green and JJ Watt, and we're getting back Kittle and we're getting back Aziz and Ayuk is starting to play well, I mean... Why, why wouldn't we be able to win this game at home? Like, just run it through their faces and impose your will. This is your house. We haven't won a game at home in far too long. I think that we're like 1-11 and 11 at home over the last two seasons or something. It's pathetic. We need to win these home games. And I truly believe that we are set up to win this. Even if Kyler Murray is in, I still believe that we should be able to win this game. Because last game was close, we didn't have Kittle, we didn't have Jimmy, and they had J.J. Watt. And those three things right there, I think, are the determining factors in terms of like a matchup. So, which Jimmy shows up? I really hope that we get good Jimmy. And remember, last time we talked about the Cardinals, these Cardinals are opportunistic on defense. They get turnovers. Jimmy's been pretty good with turnovers, at least, I guess he was versus the Bears. He hasn't been that good, (laughs) he's been bad. But versus the Bears last week, he was good. Oh, geez. So, matchups. Let's talk about some matchups just in general. So, in the trenches. Offensive line versus defensive line. Um, our offensive line it has been very good this season. People like to hate on the offensive line, but I don't think people realize how bad offensive lines are around the NFL. Our offensive line is currently, I think, according to PFF, the fourth best pass blocking and run blocking offensive line in the NFL. It used to be just that Shanahan, the last couple of years, they were like a top five run blocking, but then they were like 20th in pass blocking. No, 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 not this year. This year we're top five in both. That is elite. We have an elite offensive line operating right now. I think people just, they just pay don't pay attention. They don't watch other teams. I don't know what it is, but like our offensive line is very good right now. So we should be able to win that matchup. They have uh, their edge rushers, Chandler Jones and uh, Marcus Golden. So Chandler Jones is obviously very good. Um, I do get a little bit concerned about him versus Mike McGlinchey. But what they were doing a lot last time was they were saying, hey, Mike McGlinchey versus J.J. Watt. And then J.J. Watt would beat Mike McGlinchey obviously, or, hey, J.J. Watt, go against Dan Brunskill at right guard, and then J.J. Watt would obviously beat Dan Brunskill. Or they would put J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones on the right side, and then it's like, shit, what are we going to do? They're two best pass rushers are against our two worst offensive linemen. But without J.J. Watt, that allows us to focus a lot more on Chandler Jones. So that's a good thing. Uh, also, having Kittle and Dwelly and use check can also help a lot in terms of pass protection and in run blocking. So, Charlie Warner has been playing very, very, very good football at tight end. And I am all on the Charlie Warner hype train. This kid has been crushing it. He's been running people over like a Mack truck. He is a second year, like sixth rounder, and he's been awesome. I think PFF has him ranked as the 12th best tight end in the NFL. I think he's ranked top 10 in terms of his run blocking. And then we're getting Kittleback, who is obviously elite at everything tight end. Uh, and then you add in use Check, So that's three additional guys that you can help protect in terms of pass blocking, you know, whether that be helping out with like chipping guys, uh, double teaming guys, just additional pass protection sets, or with run blocking, you know, just throw an extra two or three run blockers at their defensive edge players and what are they going to do? They're, we're going to run them over. So... With them not having J.J. Watt, it makes me feel a lot more comfortable that we'll be able to handle their defensive line. So I do think that we have a definite advantage there, and we should run it behind Trent Williams like every play. (laughs) I think I remember a stat that whenever we're running behind uh, left tackle Trent Williams that we're averaging like 5.9 or 5.6 yards a carry. So who would have thought you run behind the best offensive lineman in the NFL and it works out uh, point being though, in terms of the trench battle, I definitely feel like we're going to have the advantage in terms of our offensive line versus their defensive line. Uh, I'm not too concerned about Marcus golden. He's kind of a smaller outside linebacking outside linebacker, pass rusher. And then they've got a uh, without them having JJ Wadden they've had some other guy Gardek playing on the defensive line Dennis Garbeck gotta be honest haven't heard of him looks like he is a fourth year player he's like 6 foot 230 pounds so yeah again if if it comes down to like running through the guys let's just run them over Uh, and I think that that's primarily what we should do um, in terms of, yeah. And then, yeah, that, that's really what we should do is just, just run them over. Just do it because I don't think that they have a, I, I think that without JJ Watt, they're significantly lacking on that defensive line and we should win that matchup. Let's see here. Uh, in terms of their offensive line versus our defensive line. I feel like it's a little bit of a draw. Um, What I will say, though, is that the Cardinals don't have a very good running offense. The way that they typically win in the run game is not by having dominant offensive linemen, because they don't. Their offensive line is solid, but it's not spectacular. You know, they've got basically average players across the board. Uh, their center is questionable for the game, I believe, or maybe he's out. Um, but yeah, so, you know, they've got, they've got an average offensive line and the way that they typically win in the run game is by spreading out the defense. They typically don't win in the run game by having powerful blockers in the way that we do. Cause we'll be like, cool. Cool. You've got your defensive line, we've got our offensive line, and we've got a Kittle, and we've got a use check, and we've got a Charlie Warner. So we have eight guys who are going to run directly at you, push you six yards backwards, and then our running back is going to come in behind and hit a hole. They don't really do it that way. They're a lot more of a spread offense. So they're going to spread everybody out, and basically they're going to run... Against a lighter formation. So they're gonna say, hey, we're gonna make it look like we're gonna pass, and then we're gonna run it because we see that there's a little bit of space here. And they're gonna try and like hit that space that they've created by spreading everything out. Uh, so I think that we should win that. And in terms of their pass protection versus our pass rush, um, our pass rush hasn't been as good this year as we were expecting. We've all been a little disappointed in my opinion. Nick Bosa is incredible, but Nick Bosa has been basically the only person who's been doing anything on the offensive line. He's been incredible. He's, I think he's leading the league in tackles for a loss and he has seven sacks in seven games. So he's on track for like 17 sacks this season, which will probably put him in like top five in the NFL. So Nick Bosa is incredible. Uh, But Eric Armstead only has one sack on the season. He has a lot of pressures. He's a good run defender. uh, But he doesn't get a lot of sacks. And our other guys have just been underwhelming. D Ford has put on a couple good reps where he looks really explosive. But then he only plays, you know, a couple good reps a game. And then he hurts his back. And maybe he plays. Maybe he doesn't. He's in and out. Arden Key has been a non-factor. Without Javon Kinlaw, he was... He was never a great pass rusher, but he was really good at uh, taking on double teams, and he would he would force you to occupy him with two offensive linemen, which left the other guys with one-on-one matchups. So our three our three guys had one-on-one matchups that they could try and win, and usually one of them would win. So that was what Javon Kinlaw brought. So we don't have that anymore. Uh, DJ Jones, he's a good nose tackle. He kind of plays that penetrating nose tackle, uh, and sometimes he also is good at eating up those double teams as a nose tackle. And pass rushing three techs, we've got Kevin Givens and Contavia Street. They're kind of in that same build, that kind of 6'1", 6'2", 280. Kind of, again, penetrating three technique, you know, get one-on-one with the guard and win with your speed, you know. Uh, And then Zach Kerr, our other nose tackle, he hasn't been that good. I was expecting more from him, but he just kind of, maybe he's past his prime or something. He had a really good year last year at the Panthers, but he hasn't been all that good. And then in terms of our edge rushers, again, Arden Key hasn't done anything. Samson Ibukam, he's not really done anything. We did get uh, we did get Jordan Willis back, which is a good thing. Uh, Jordan Willis didn't have a good game last week, his first week back. But last season when he was here, he was pretty good last season. So I expect him to have a better game. He's uh, more of uh, kind of power outside edge player. I think he's like 6'4", 260. So he's kind of a Bosa build, but obviously not as good. And then we just added on uh, added on our new guy, amenahue And he's kind of, again, in a similar build where he's a, a bigger outside edge. He can kick inside. So we've got a whole bunch of pass rushers. They're not really very good in terms of, well, yeah. I'll, what I'll say is, I think that with the rotation that we have, I think that we can create enough mismatches and matchups and we can be creative with how we send guys that it should give us the advantage in terms of rushing the passer. And especially if if Kyler Murray is going to be immobile or if we have to go against Colt McCoy, uh, the veteran backup, how long has Colt McCoy been in the NFL? Oh, my goodness. He is older than me. He was born in 86. Colt McCoy, how old are you? Oh, my goodness. He's been in the NFL since 2010. Whew. God damn. That's crazy. How about that? Anyways, so, yeah, uh, Colt McCoy, the 35, I think he's, yeah, he's 35 years old. Whew, all right, cool. Well, anyways, you know, at 35, he won't be running around. <laughs> all right, so that's the trenches. In terms of skill positions, so our wide receivers, I'm not quite sure what we're going to get. Debo's questionable. Brandon Ayuk looks like he's finally kind of coming into his own and showing out this season. Last Last week was probably his best game so far. I expect him to take another step. Uh, Muhammad Sanu has kind of been our big slot possession receiver. And if Debo is unable to play or if he is limited in, sl- in snaps, what I would expect to see is a lot of heavy personnel, which means we'll probably only have one or two receivers out there, likely Ayuk and Sanu. We'll probably mix in a little bit of... Um, Sorry, my brain's not working. Juwan Jennings. And I don't know who would be after that, uh, but those would be probably the main guys is Ayuk, Sanu. Uh, oh yeah, and Sherfield. Sherfield would be our other, our other outside guy and Jennings will be our other big possession guy. So those will likely be our four receivers. Um, yeah, so I'm not really sure how that matchup works. I don't really like the matchup. They have pretty good defensive backs. Um, PFF doesn't have them graded very well, but Byron Murphy, he's been a very good slot uh, defending corner, a good corner overall. Tavon uh, or Marco Wilson, their rookie, he's been playing very well, and they've also got their veteran uh, Robert Alford. So, yeah, I'm not really sure which of those I like in terms of a matchup. I would say that would probably be a it would probably be a wash in terms of who's got the advantage there. If we have Debo, then I definitely would say we have the advantage. If not, then I would say it's definitely a wash. However, we got to factor in Kittle. Kittle means that I think we win in terms of that skill position group versus their skill positions because Kittle's elite and having Kittle in makes a big difference. Uh, running backs, yeah, we'll see. Like I mentioned, I really hope we have Elijah Mitchell. If not, it's likely going to be hasty in Sermon um, because I don't think that Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be back this game. Shanahan said there was a chance, but they just opened his practice window. Yeah, he, he needs a week or a couple weeks to get in football shape. Their skill positions. Now, the good thing is that their skill positions, again, they're hurting. DeAndre Hopkins is questionable. Uh, A.J. Green is on the COVID list, so who knows if they're going to play or not. If they are playing, then obviously it's going to be difficult because those are two very good, big, physical receivers who can come down. Plus, their next two receivers are pretty good as well, which means they have four good receivers. And they like to throw the ball, and when you have four good receivers and you like to throw the ball... That's definitely an advantage that I would say they have, especially with both of our safeties being hurt and us having a rookie and a backup. However, if DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green don't play, that means that they've got Christian Kirk and their rookie uh, more. Now, what I would probably expect them to do in that case is... If that's the case, I don't really expect them to do a whole lot of passing like, out, outside. I'm trying to think of the way to put this. I don't expect them to use a traditional kind of spread offense in terms of like having an outside receiver that does vertical things. Because that's not Christian Kirk's strength. He's much better of a, as a slot. And Moore is much better as a gadget player. If... What I expect them to do, if that's the case, is they're probably going to have a whole lot of short passes, a whole lot of quick game. And they're probably going to have to get very creative in terms of getting Rondell Moore the ball on things like screens, uh, jet sweeps, uh, things like that. Just kind of creative ways to force feed in the ball without throwing the ball downfield. So we're probably going to see a lot of screens, a lot of jet sweeps, just kind of a whole lot of creative. Hey, just get the ball to Rondale Moore and let him do something because he is very elusive. He's a hell of an athlete and uh, it's just, it's really hard to tackle that guy. He's just so freaking elusive and fast. He's like five foot seven. He runs like a four, three. He has like a, 99th percentile vertical. He can jump through the roof and dunk dudes even though he's shorter than me and he runs like a 4-3 and he's crazy quick and elusive. So he's dangerous with the ball in his hand. So I expect them to probably just get him a lot of screen passes, things like that, a lot of quick game. Their running backs, um Chase Edmonds, he's good. You know, we've mentioned this before. He's fairly elusive, he's got good speed. He's just kind of a solid all-around running back, a uh, good receiving back as well. And then they've got their uh, their power running back, uh, the guy who used to play for the Steelers. I forget what his name is off the top of my head. So anyways, uh, that's kind of what we're looking at. And then, of course, they do have Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz, he's definitely a receiving tight end, kind of a possession tight end. He's probably not going to go deep or anything. But again, I don't expect them to have a whole lot of deep passing. Uh, especially with again, if Kyler Murray is hurt and he can't move around a lot, or if they have their backup in, it's probably going to be a whole lot of short passes. And uh, they've also got who is this guy? Antoine Wesley is their other receiver, and I've haven't really heard of him. It looks like he was drafted two years ago, and he's basically played no snaps until last week. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Other matchups. I think that's the main thing. We talked about skill positions, uh, the trenches, quarterbacks. We've already talked about that and uh, miscellaneous. So strategy, keys to victory. So I think that the biggest keys to victory on offense is it all basically comes down to the run game. We need to focus on our run game. All the stuff that we've talked about, we should easily be able to out-physical them, run the ball down their throats, run it through their faces, run over them, through them, all that good stuff. We have a dominant offensive line. Charlie Warner has been playing incredible as a run-blocking tight end. We're getting George Kittle back, who's the best run-blocking tight end in the NFL. We've got Kyle Juszczyk. He's best fullback in the NFL. He's a great run blocker. I mean, we have everything that we need to run it through their faces and they don't have JJ Watt anymore. And he was the one who was, who was messing up all of our plays last time. So it all comes down to the run. So whether we're going to be running power, whether we decide to run the outside wide zone, which I expect us to do, and play action passing. So Jimmy is at his best when we have basically, when we have him do like two things. So in-game quick passing. So, you know, quick passes, quick five-step drops. You know, you need to make one or two reads. You hit your guy on time. And the other thing is play action So we need to focus on the run game, run game, run game, then run the play action off of the run game. And then two or three times during the game, I want to see a drawn up shot play where we take a shot. You know, you scheme up, you scheme up a play where you get George Kittle wide open 30 yards downfield and Jimmy's able to hit him off of the play fake and then Kittle makes a 50 yard gain. So I want to see two or three of those, or Ayuk, same thing, whether it's whether it's Debo, whether it's Kittle, whether it's Ayuk, I want to see a couple of those schemed up play action explosive passing plays. Other than that, just again, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, quick passing when you need to, run the ball, run the ball, make a big explosive a couple times during the game. Uh, We definitely need to stay ahead of the chains. That was another thing that I really thought was important. I was reading an article. Arizona is... So DVOA, That's I think it's Defensive Value Overexpected or something. Uh, I forget exactly what it is. But basically it's like, how good is your defense in like a vacuum? And Arizona's defense is, according to DVOA ranked number two according to if you're looking at points scored against I think they're currently ranked around 10th and wherever you put it they're somewhere in the top 10 in terms of defense what was most interesting though in this article is that throughout the season their defense gets better on later downs and what they found was their DVOA on the first down it was usually ranked somewhere around 20th on second down it was 10th and then on third down they're ranked something like second or third in DVOA. And what they were doing was they were setting up third downs and they're they're very good at sending exotic blitzes on third downs which confuses the offense, confuses the quarterback and they're I've mentioned this a couple times, very opportunistic with their turnovers. So in other words, they will just send some crazy weird blitz that you're not expecting or just send pressure from a place that you're not expecting on third down causes confusion. Confusion leads to not converting a third down and or getting a turnover. They have one of the, on their third downs, they had one of the highest percentage of turnovers And uh, preventing third down conversions. So because of that, we need to stay ahead of the chain so that we don't get into any third and long situations. Third and short, that's what we need to do all game. So again, control the clock, run game, run game, run, run game. In terms of defense, I think that probably the best thing that we can do is play the way that we played the Bears. And what I mean by that is I don't want to see a whole bunch of hyper-aggressive like press man defense because when we've done that and we've shown one-on-one matchups, that's what's led to a lot of defensive pass interference calls, which has really screwed us over a whole bunch of times. I would much rather see us playing these soft zones. And you know what? Fine. Give up the three-yard pass Give up the five-yard pass. Make them march down the field in 15 plays because if they don't have their top two receivers, if they don't have a healthy Kyler Murray, if they have a backup quarterback and they don't have a good offensive line, I mean, again, just play soft coverage, keep everything in front of you, play disciplined, tackle well. We don't need to throw all kinds of crazy exotic uh, blitzes and stuff. I just want to see us play disciplined defense because I think that's the way that we win this. We can't be giving up big pass interferences. And uh, again, if if they don't have Hopkins or AJ Green, I don't expect them to be th- having a whole lot of deep shots downfield. I mean, sure, there's going to be a few, but it's going to be less. And I expect a whole lot of quick game, a lot of screen passes. So just keep everything in front of you, rally, make the tackle. Don't give up those big pass interference calls on defense. And uh, then the final thing that I mentioned was just turnover battle. Don't lose it. Uh, Last game was the first game that I remember where we didn't, where we didn't lose the turnover battle and It's important, you know, again, Arizona, they're one of the best in generating turnovers. We've been one of the worst in terms of giving it away. So we, we can't lose the turnover battle, either win it or tie, but we can't lose the turnover battle. So, uh, those are the primary things. So I don't really know what to expect. Uh, I do hope that we win this game. I think we can. And again, this is a very important game. It's a home game. The team has its mojo. We're getting some reinforcements. Uh, If Jimmy plays well, we got Kittle back. We got a run game. We should be able to impose our will on this team, and I feel like this is where we can hand Arizona their second loss, and we can get a win, and we can get back to 500. We have a very difficult game against the Rams after that, but after the rams we got another couple winnable games so if we can win this game that is the first step on us making it into the playoffs and i really believe that we got a ch- really believe that we have a shot for this uh just a couple of quick things that recently came out kinlaw so mentioned that he had season ending knee surgery we had an update today uh this was Very interesting. Apparently, the issue that they found, because they said they got in there, they found that they thought what the problem was and they fixed it. Kinlaw had ACL damage and he had ACL reconstruction surgery. So I do not know exactly what goes into that. I know ACL, it's a real big thing. It's usually roughly a one-year rehab, so yeah, pretty serious, but hey, if he was dealing with a messed up ACL, it makes total sense that you would have, you know, ongoing knee issues, so hopefully that means that it's fixed, he's all good, it was taken care of uh, about a week ago, so You know, if if we're looking at usual timelines, then I would say that uh, if we we cross our fingers and we pray, Kinlaw is 100% come opening game next season. So figure 10 months, I think that's realistic for an ACL in this day and age. And it wasn't a complete ACL tear, it was an ACL reconstruction. I really don't know what that means, but... When I saw that, I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's pretty serious. So Kinlaw with the ACL reconstructive surgery, hopefully that fixes whatever has been bugging him in his knee. And, uh, he ends up having a very good 2022 season. And the final thing that I thought was interesting Uh, In all the media things, the main things that stood out, aside from George Kittle saying that he loves football, he's excited to go hit some people, and he's excited to play with his friends, (laughs) was with Shanahan and Ayuk. So there's been this whole Shanahan, Ayuk, he's in the doghouse, no he's not, well he's not practicing, well maybe he is, he needs to learn how to be a pro, but look how good he was last year. All this kind of stuff going on. And apparently around the bye week, and Shanahan, quote unquote, had some words. So I don't know exactly what those words were, but it is interesting that they apparently got into it and had a heated or passionate discussion uh, at some point during around the buy so that is very interesting and i want to see if i can find this here too because john lynch was on knbr and i'm going to see if i can find this exact quote here (laughs) it was uh it was interesting but he said uh this is john lynch he said quote I was there at one particular meeting, I think the one Brandon Brandon was referencing, around the bye week where they had a really good dialogue. I was in there, I kind of felt like the guy Robert Wool and Bull Durham, where I'm like, all right, you know, kind of standing in between them. They both got some things off their chest, but it was very productive. They had an honest conversation, and I think that led to Brandon understanding kind of what the frustration was. what the frustrations were. The good news is, man, he looked like a different player, the player we expected against Chicago. Thing in this league, you've got to do it every week, so it's a great start. But that's what we expect from Brandon each week. I knew it was coming because he had been doing it on the practice field. So I'm going to end the quote right there, but basically it sounds like uh, from what I'm getting is... It sounded like Ayuk last year. Obviously, he's extremely talented. We drafted him in the first round, and we had a bunch of receiver injuries last year, which meant he was forced into being the number one receiver, and therefore, he was forced fed the ball a lot, and he was very productive. However, it sounds like at the same time during his rookie year, apparently, he didn't quite have the right practice habits, is what I'm getting. Uh, My understanding. But it sounds like there's been a lot of frustration. Obviously, we've been talking about this for two plus months now. And had some words. I feel like that's code for got into a shouting match and yelled at each other a little bit. And then ended up sorting things out. And he had a good game last week. So hopefully this is... Hopefully last week was Brandon Ayuk blossoming this year and maybe this game is the Brandon Ayuk coming out party where he goes off. Uh, how how good would it be if Brandon Ayuk goes out this game and he has like a 100 yard game against Arizona. I would I would absolutely love that cuz I think the kid has so much talent and I think that they're finally getting it. You know, if if you're not one, another thing that I remember hearing someone say, I can't remember if it was Lynch or Shanahan or whatever, but they said you win on Sunday by what you do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, some, something to that effect. In other words, like the way that you win on Sunday is by what you put into practice during the week. And it sounds like that's what they weren't quite getting was the consistency in the weekly trainings. So, yeah, I'm I'm crossing my fingers that they've got this all figured out. And Ayuk has big things ahead of him because I really believe that he does, and I can't wait to see it. So, with that being said, I'm gonna get out of here. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate all 15 of you who download, like, subscribe, comment, and all that good stuff. Uh, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your weekend, and you enjoy watching the 49ers win against the Cardinals on Sunday. As always, catch you next time. Go Niners!